0: Interesting development on the cannabis front. Uber Eats announcing a new partnership with Tokyo Smoke in which Uber customers, Uber Eats customers, can actually order marijuana through their app. Mitchell Osak is a cannabis expert, the CEO of Quanta Consulting, and joins us now for more on this here on Global News Radio. Hey there, Mitchell. Good afternoon.
1: Good day, Jeff.
0: Okay, uh, what exactly, detail this for us, is the business arrangement between Tokyo Smoke and Uber Eats?
1: So this is a, uh, a new partnership that, that was recently announced yesterday that will allow consumers click and pick capability via the Uber app. So essentially, if you're looking to order cannabis and you're an Uber uh, customer, you go to Uber, you search under cannabis, you find a whole bunch of Tokyo Smoke products there. You order it, and within an hour, you visit Tokyo Smoke and you pick up and you pay for your product.
0: Okay, and that's what stuck out to me about this. This is not Uber Eats coming to my door with this. I can order this through the app, but I've actually got to go to a Tokyo Smoke uh, location for pickup?
1: Absolutely. You are not allowed, uh, Uber Uber certainly is not allowed to deliver cannabis to everyone, So a lot of the early um, announcements around this uh, mistakenly indicated that Uber is going to be allowed to deliver cannabis to your front door. That is not in the cards yet.
0: All right. So having said that, is this going to have much of an effect? Do you think that this is going to revolutionize the legalized uh, marijuana market here in the country?
1: No, it it won't. Um, It'll provide some added convenience for some consumers, Um, It'll provide some strategic advantage for Tokyo Smoke uh, because they're the first on the platform. It'll provide a lot of advantages for Uber, particularly down the road. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, if you can't get it delivered to your house, this is essentially a click and pick system, which is no different than what you have um, on other apps.
0: Mm -hmm. So what is the advantage here for the user, for the Uber Eats uh, user, if they click and pick their uh, marijuana? Uh, I take it they're still going to charge a fee, much like they do for any other sort of delivery item, food uh, item. But I still got to leave my house and go pick this up, as we've just been talking about. So what's the incentive here? What's the advantage, do you think, Mitchell, for the user?
1: Well, there's some advantage for the user if they're already heavily engaged with Uber in terms of Uber Eats or Uber Travel. You know, it's just a familiar hub for them to go and order uh, food, alcohol, and now cannabis, as well as, you know, lifts and so on and so forth. So there is some advantage there. Um, But on the other hand, as you correctly pointed out, there will likely be extra cost. We don't know the details of this Tokyo Smoke Partnership, but we do know that Uber charges a lot of money both for the restaurants and for the users in terms of fees. So someone's going to have to pay for this. I believe right now it is Tokyo Smoke, but eventually the consumer always pays, as you know.
0: Mm -hmm. So again, why would the user pay that extra charge? Is it uh, because I know the product will be there when I go pick it up at uh, Tokyo Smoke, that if there's a a certain bud that I want to order, I can be guaranteed when I go there, it's there for me?
1: Well, you know, good question because right now you're limited to the products that Tokyo Smoke carry and you're limited to the number of Tokyo Smoke pickup stores in Ontario and, and right now there are approximately I think 56. So the reality is is if Tokyo Smoke can guarantee and deliver on that promise that your product is available within 1 hour of of ordering and you live near a Tokyo Smoke there is some advantage there. But for many Ontarians and this is not available across Canada, but only in Ontario. There will be marginal value.
0: Now, uh, is this uh, any different than, uh, of course, I believe you can order alcohol through uh, Uber Eats uh, as well. And you know, through the years, we've seen things such as dial a bottle. Uh, is this similar to that? Is that sort of the path we're heading down now with cannabis?
1: Um, yes, we are down that path. Uh, we're very early in the game. We're, we're probably in in the first period right now. Ultimately, Uber wants to be a hub for all kinds of orders around food, transportation, and so on. So it makes a lot of strategic sense for them. And for many Ontarians, and particularly Torontonians, who don't want to venture out, it will be a convenient way of doing it because for many people, they live within their digital world and they live within their apps. So, you know, this is a great attempt by uh, cannabis companies as well as Uber to capture more digital market share and mind share. But the reality is there are thousands of stores in Ontario right now, and many offer different products than Tokyo Smoke does. So it's gonna be a long time before lots of people deliver uh, derive a lot of benefit from
0: this. You know, that is really interesting on the Uber side, uh, Mitchell. So this is an attempt, and what they're doing as a company, is to become more than a uh, ride-sharing company, because I think when everybody thinks about Uber, they think about getting an Uber, hailing uh, an Uber. And as we know, with the pandemic uh, particularly, There's been less people. uh, I mean, there's people hesitant about getting into a car with a a stranger. They don't know who's been in it before, and I believe their rides are down to Uber. So this is uh, just one opportunity of many that they're looking at to kind of expand their digital footprint in their company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the bigger play for Uber is their collection and analysis of more and more consumer data particularly data around your habits, what you buy, when you buy, where you live, and so on and so forth. So if you look at a lot of these online apps and online companies, including ones like Amazon and Netflix, they're really data companies as much as they are service and e-commerce companies. So the more um, Uber will learn our habits, particularly the habits of people who order a lot of online food, like you know millennials and so on and so forth the greater their their ability to provide more targeted services to those different consumer groups as well as to sell the data to others like advertisers um to monetize it in that way
0: and you mentioned uh, eats i can't believe we've been talking about this five minutes and nobody's made the obvious joke of course about uh, munchies snack food eats and uh, eventually maybe uh, one day you'll be able to order your cannabis plus your snack food and have it all delivered to your door
1: yeah, well, that's a, you know, it's an excellent point. You know, ideally, you should be able to order your Doritos or your Lay's potato chips with your wheat. You're not allowed to do that right now. But if you think about what this, uh, what the cannabis economy will look like in Canada as well as Ontario in three to five years, it's not hard to imagine that you'll be able to do a lot of those things. The challenge is is obviously working out the kinks in the system, like delivering on consumer expectations of one-hour delivery, and also crossing some of the regulatory hurdles that are going to exist. For example, um, each Uber driver will likely have to store their product in a highly secure place not a glove compartment in their car. They'll have to be certified according to product safety and handling. No one has worked out what that means from a delivery standpoint, but we'll get there. It'll just take time.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, drivers will have to verify that they are handing over if uh, we do indeed get there one day. And again, you're suggesting that uh, eventually this is where we are uh, headed, but uh, Uber drivers will have to verify that they are giving the uh, cannabis to the actual purchaser and somebody who's of the legal age and such.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Now, this uh, partnership, uh, do you think that this is going to make a dent when we talk about the cannabis economy in this uh, country? Uh, Roughly still, the underground or illegal market, as you well know, Mitchell, accounts for just over 40% of all non-medical cannabis sales right across the the country. Do you think that providing greater access, maybe through things like Uber Eats, to marijuana, do you think that's uh, really going to help when it comes to battling still uh, the, the problem of the black market?
1: Um, It would if delivery was allowed. Um, Right now there are many, particularly in the Toronto area, many illicit uh, providers of cannabis who will deliver within an hour. And they'll deliver either by a car or a buddy on a bike. That already exists. That's the black market that we have to compete against. I don't see this uh, partnership as, as eroding in any way that uh, market share because it isn't delivery it's just essentially click and then you have to drive out and and pick it up so the the, uh, tokyo smoke and uber are promising that this will help erode the black market you and i know it won't even put a dent in it but if delivery is allowed then who knows
0: Okay, what is going to put a dent in that roughly just 40% or a little more that uh, is still the black market when it comes to uh, marijuana sales uh, in this country? Is it strictly price or is it something else?
1: Well, price is a big one, without a doubt. I would would put that right at the top. The second thing I would put on the top is product quality. Many connoisseurs of cannabis will tell you that black market weed is still of a much higher quality than what you can buy in a legal retail store. I think there is some truth to that, although legal weed is improving. But the quality and the strains are still um, better on the black market, according to some people. The third thing is, and we talked about this, is access. And there are still major deserts in Ontario, as an example, and in Quebec where you cannot operate a legal uh, cannabis retail store. Mississauga, with 800,000 people, is a great example of that. If you look at Quebec as another example, where there's only maybe fifty seven, fifty eight stores for that size province. There's still a lot of people who don't have um, convenient access to legal cannabis.
0: All right. Well, when it comes to access, some interesting developments when it comes to Uber Eats opening their app to uh, marijuana. Mitchell, really appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Be well.
0: You too. Mitchell Osak is a cannabis expert and the CEO of Quanta Consulting. And that does it for our time here on this Tuesday. Thanks as always for yours. I'm Jeff MacArthur. Have a great rest of the day and keep it right here on Global News Radio.